Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode 99. What is happening to the consumer staples? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. Today we're going to discuss what is happening in the stock market. See you on the inside. Hey, European DJ. How are you being, buddy? Hey, Derek. I mean, I'm, I'm great. Weekend episode 99. We're really, really getting close, you know. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, this is a huge milestone for us. And it's going also to be a great show today as well. But 100 is going even to be more epic. But uh, yeah, for the rest, I'm doing well. I was really busy with work this week. So um, I had to really call, uh, catch up this afternoon about what all happened in the stock market. And I think the topic for the day is really interesting, right? Because some of these stocks like Walmart, Target, they got slaughtered, right? So I'm really looking forward to look into it uh, with you today. But how have you been so far? Good, good. Been been like you, a bit busy. The renovation is going quite well. I'm nearly finished. A lot of painting to be done. Hopefully, I'll be back in my office this day next week. Because I'm, I'm I, do you know, I never had two screens before. Before uh, I'd say maybe two years ago, and now I now I'm back to one screen. I really miss having having two screens. So I'm looking forward to to that. It's it's a first world problems, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. Uh, this pandemic gave us all these goodies right we had then cash left we could buy screens working from home so i've got here like three screens i wouldn't like to go back to one screen but hey hold up we'll get there this uh renovation is also for you again an upgrade right so yeah yeah exactly so it's all investments so what's been going on in the news this week well, for me, what is really interesting, and that was more like um, today, was in the Dutch news. Uh, they presented, uh, I think one of the ministers uh, presented a new package where they will uh, start spending a lot of money because there's a budget gap of above 3%, and we have this 3% uh, barrier in, in European Union, right? In the Eurozone. Yep. And what is interesting in it, some of the money that they will uh, raise and need will go to people to um, compensate for the energy bill with the gas. Yeah. But they are going to take the money uh, from more from the rich people, as they say, and they will increase uh, taxes to, to, to corporates. You know what it means? Lower, uh, higher taxes in the, in, for Dutch uh, registered companies will mean lower net income, right? Uh, yeah. all, all else being equal, which means lower, uh, higher payout ratios uh, with growing dividends. So, what we are seeing here is that inflation is hitting society and governments want to do something with inflation. They also uh, brought forward um, uh, hikes towards uh, people getting a pension from the government and such. So, you know, and they need to get the money from somewhere. And they are looking at, uh, uh, you know, now at, at, at the big corporations, right, that are wealthy. So, and I think this is a trend that we will see more often. And I think that makes it just harder even for stocks at the moment. It's not just inflation in the cost part, but if they will also face increasing taxes in, in, in countries where we buy the stocks, 
Yeah. You know, these are all double whammies and not favorable to, uh, uh, to us as investors in stock market, I would say. I wonder if um, Shell and Unilever saw something like this coming in the pipeline because the, these kind of bills don't just pop up. They're obviously there for some time. And, and now we have two big companies that have moved their head office from Holland to the UK. So I wonder if they were in, in that loop, maybe our... Harrison no, I, I, I don't think so, because this was an, also a new elected government, I think, mm. that was chosen after that. But uh, this choice for those two stocks was really, I think, the dual structure, which is expensive. Yeah. And then you go to a country that has a more favorable tax environment in general and a culture towards that. And, and Br Britain, also with the Brexit, needs to do a lot to attract uh, corporates. So I think that has probably more influenced it. But it is just uh, a testament of, of the culture of where to take the taxes from, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at these kinds of things because for me, this means like, remember with Kimberly Clark, when we, that was the first company where he spotted inflation uh, warnings last year, January yeah. or February. Yeah. For me, this is also something now where I think we will see it more in society. I don't know if we will see that in, in, the, in the US. But bills need to be paid, right? And some of these countries, like the Netherlands, uh, nowhere to get the money from them. So th yeah, that's what caught my attention in news. And this is something like I will not stop investing in the Netherlands or something like that. But all these little things build up to 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 yeah uh, shape my opinion again going forward and what to do with my investments. Yeah, and if it's if it's like what happened in Ireland, I know our government gave us some rebates for energy and all the energy providers just hiked up the prices and this was even before before the prices got out of control so yeah. i mean we got we got the money in one hand but then it was taken from us by, by the companies anyway so it made absolutely yeah. no no difference to most people so that's that's what tends to happen all these companies will all be aware that everybody's getting money from the government or from mm -hmm. corporations or whatever and they'll they'll do whatever they have to do to get it back yeah but hey, uh, maybe uh, other topics, maybe even nicer. But what what caught your attention this week in the news? Yeah, I saw I saw a, a headline which was saying that Germany bans Ford from selling cars. Um, so initially, I, I thought this was all cars, but it, it's not. It's it's down to they are cars that have some um, internet linked up to them. So there's there's some issues with the patents and who owns that and who they pay royalties to. So. They, um, I think, I think what, what's quite funny about that is that you've obviously heard of the inverse Jim Cramer index, where anything he says, you do the opposite, and you're guaranteed to make money. And I think yeah. recently he was he was pushing or saying something that Ford are going to obviously do quite well, and then you get this that <laughs> that Germany are banning internet <laughs> cars, and you know what's just going to happen: the share price will tank. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting index actually that. Yeah, well, you know, um, cars. Yeah, yeah. I, I find I find them generally uninvestable uh, car manufacturer. I, we had this question about Volkswagen the other day as well, so I didn't even spend my time thinking about it. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's all there seems to be always issues with one car manufacturer or another, isn't it? There's always, always something. Even even Tesla, there's always something. Yeah, I read a thread on Twitter today uh, from a journalist about Tesla and uh, how much this talk is all about the confidence in Elon Musk versus uh, the quality of the car and everything. So 
and and how he is able to mask up troubles yeah that never see daylight by for instance uh, when there are when there are issues um, i said um, signing nda um, for instance with with the customers that they won't speak about and that's how you control the messaging right um it was quite bearish of course but i don't own tesla and such also for similar reasons uh, yeah good but hey let's go to the main topic um walmart's earnings right and it's not just walmart's walmart's earnings but generally consumer staples so um what, what what have you observed around what happened here this week because i mean walmart i think declined was it 20 percent this week and then we had target also 25 percent or something like this this is not yeah. just a drop this is like being slaughtered these are, are huge drops and, and we can't forget some of our european companies our hold had a 10 or 11 percent drop as well which is which is still quite big so we haven't escaped from it in europe either i mean i think it's 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 quite obvious it's most of it is inflationary because of inflation we've got increases the, the forecasts are down for next year we kind of touched on this before with kimberly clark didn't we we, we we saw it with kimberly clark and you could see it with these guys as well the question we asked from day one is which companies will be able to pass this on to their customers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but inflation is getting so high so fast it's not as easy for companies to pass it all in in one go they have to phase it in and, and i think that's what we're, we're seeing companies are struggling to to pass yeah. on the immediate prices straight away even though i'd be pretty sure prices in walmart have have gone up maybe four or five percent yeah. and we've seen this also with aholt and nestle right when there were empty shelves in uh in in in, in the aholt the hell as a stores yeah. because of um, not accepting price increases from nestle right and I think this is what we're really, really seeing here. It's because the, nobody wants to pass on the prices really to the consumer. Yeah. They've been doing that, uh, uh, specifically Unilever and such. That actually quite good numbers around this. But we see now where it's hitting it. It's the retailers here, the supermarket chains. And I mean, if you if you look at um, how is it, Walmart, it had its biggest price decline in 35 years. Yeah, that, that is like that's almost my age. Yeah. yeah, so it never dropped so much in a in a single day or a single week. Now th this is crazy. So if you also think about the EPS forward, EPS is now 18 and a half. The dividend yield is still low with what is it, 1.8 or something like that? Yeah. So it's still far from uh, for me for being interesting. Um, you know, it has a payout rate of what is it, 33% or something like that. So that is also really low. But I also think profits were extremely high. So what people need to be aware of here is that the forward earnings that you see right now are still analyst estimates. They 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 are still like not fully pricing in the guidance that the management is giving. Yeah. So I think it's important here to look at only at those numbers that you see on Seeking Alpha and such and really do a bit more because then the PEs are higher of these companies. Yeah, if you just take this into account and you know for a no growth company and effectively debt money over the next two three years maybe even you don't want to pay up a 20 pe you know you're about these grocery chains you should pay up an uh, 11 or 12 pe in such case because these yeah. are consumer staples so honestly uh, walmart walmart is now at 119 it was at 150 i think it's at that uh, i don't see a reason why it can't go to 100 over the next few weeks and maybe even below 
if, yeah. if, if this is kind of the sentiment in the stock market right now, I think we will see more multiple uh, uh, compression. Yeah, I mean, these these companies, we have to remember what's trading at large multiples, which only a year, maybe 18 months ago, we were questioning how long can they trade at these multiples for? Because yeah. it was it's, it's out of control. They're trading nearly 30, 40 PE. Yeah, for like prop stocks. For, for a consumer staple, it's, it's ridiculous. Even yeah. now, I think it's trading probably close to 25 26 still way too much in in my opinion so we we we, we are in a bit of a volatile market it's probably more it's definitely more bearish so we are seeing uh, short you know, flash crashes here on different segments i mean i don't think that anyone that has been looking at this segment as a whole would have been surprised by by the numbers or by by the forecast one thing that did surprise me though was when I, when you look into the quarterly earnings, it's it's the first time in the last maybe ten or so quarters that I, that I've managed to go back in that I see a negative free cash flow, and it's a quite a high negative. It's it's nearly seven seven eight billion seven and a half billion um, of a negative negative free cash flow. Yeah, it's true. And their inventories, um, uh, you know, they grew from what is it, 46 billion to, to 60 billion something right now, yeah, in, in a year. So yeah. that's almost a third more. I mean, and it, it, what people need to know is inventories on the balance sheet is, is, let's say, is part of the working capital. They need inventories to supply to the stores and everything. If those grow in a single year with a third, it is not just because sales is increasing so much, right? A lot of this is also the, the prices of the products that they are buying, the goods are much higher. So, you know, if, if, you, if you look at that, um, their working capital, re they require more working capital. And that's hitting now the free cash flow statement with, an, with a almost 5 billion, 4.5 billion, let's say, impact to the cash flow statement. Yeah. yeah, and then you end up with a negative operating cash of 3.8 billion already. Otherwise, it would have been around 2 billion, uh, more in line with, with what it was earlier. And they might have had an almost, um, um, let's say, well, still a minus 1.5 billion uh, free cash flow then, but something more reasonable in this case. So we're talking now about a company here that is not generating cash, but this is having cash outflow. And you see then also back in the balance sheet that the equity uh, part for the investors is dropping. Yeah. So um, I, you can't here say with Walmart, they had last, just a, a one-off, right? Like a bad day and, and such. This price decline was so warranted and it, it's even probably not steep enough. And that's probably only because Walmart has a quality behind it. But the numbers were ugly, really, really ugly. It shows that they, although they are such a strong brand, they have laser thin margins. And it just shows that they are not having this market dominance towards, I guess, the Unilevers, the the the, the Nestle's of this world to, to really, um, I said, uh, use their power in the supply chain or in the value chain to let the increases be with the suppliers or the clients they don't have this power it seems or although they have a lot of power in the supply chain they have not enough power to manage this uh, as such so yeah then it goes to the bottom line and we see what happens really 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 ugly results of uh, walmart yeah and how about how about target then because i think that were they the first company to 
they start dropping, I think. They, yeah, they, they dropped like almost 25% in a single day. Yeah? yeah, so I believe that was the day after. So Walmart first and then Target. Also here, operating margin uh, was 5.3% below expectations. Inflation. Inflation is really killing these uh, uh, earnings here. When we look at Target, it has a really a, a little bit better numbers now. It's trading at $155 with a yield of 2.3, let's say 2.4%. So Target, you know, is becoming interesting. But for me, these kinds of companies, you want to buy at a 3.3% yield, yeah? Yeah. So it still would need to drop for me like, I guess, towards $100 or something like that for it to become become really really um uh, interesting let's say 110 dollar or something like that and still trading 155 forward p is 14 here but again this is without taking all the revisit uh, is it um new guidances into consideration yeah so it, it is really uh something crazy that's happening at the moment but, but i suppose target were a little bit more upfront were they so they they had sales growth so i mean they, they've grown their top line but they tell you that gross gross margin pressures reflect in actions to reduce inventory as well as transportation and freight costs. So they're they're telling you what's what's happening. Yeah. Walmart made us have to dig into dig into the balance sheet to to figure that out. But at least how yeah yeah because they don't use those numbers in the headlines. Yeah, yeah. And, and and this is true. And um, look, they have really thin margins, and that's the risk with consumer staples. But this will settle out this is not um, a thing that you will still see for in two three years from now unless inflation keeps being so high right usually these companies they they adjust to the situation yeah. yeah and we as consumers in the end will have to pay up for it whether the ice creams will be smaller that we get via unilever or not but we'll in the end we'll pay for it um but they yeah. cannot readjust like in a single quarter or two or three quarters so what we have seen this impact is for now there to stay yeah and then they will adjust on the price side uh, yeah but uh, expectations will, will go with them from from a pe perspective they seem a little bit more manageable than walmart as well they have a forward mm -hmm. pe of about 13 14 um, yeah. which is to me a little bit more reasonable so they're probably in, in my mind a little bit more reasonably priced than than walmart so if i was to pick between the two right now Based mm -hmm. on, on valuation, Target would probably stand out a little bit more. Yeah, but what you need to know, they, they dropped 50% in earnings, comparable earnings towards last year. Yeah. Yeah, so, and we know last year was, of course, top year also with, um, uh, you know, still lockdowns and such uh, that were in that quarter. Um, but, you know, still, like, they made, like, $2 and, let's say, 20 cents this quarter. They pay a dividend of 90 cents. So the payout ratio still for this quarter is 40%. Uh, really nothing to worry uh, about with Target. Uh, and, and they did, in my opinion, uh, pretty well. And also, um, if you look at the cash flow here, negative, uh, negative cash flow, what was the main distinction? Yeah, the cash flow was two two and a half billion. Um, uh, my numbers, the negative cash flow was one point four billion. Maybe you're looking at the accumulation of two quarters, but um, uh, sorry, you're talking about free cash flow. So uh, yes. negative operating cash flow. I'm even mentioning so one point four. Yeah. Then almost a billion uh, capex. So you get to like two point four uh, negative 
free cash flow so that's again huge impact right and simple inventory again yeah so that's, that's where we see it back but also lower margin so because if you read the financial statement right in the income statement the the, the lower margins means higher costs leads to lower income net income so what we call earnings per share that goes into the free cash flow uh, into the cash flow statement and then you have the working capital of which inventory is part and because and that's where you make all the adjustments for cash so if you had to pay more cash for your inventory you need to deduct and that's how you end up a negative free cash flow here again yeah so yeah all over the place right yeah it's crazy and as we said what about our hold because they they haven't escaped the 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 market yeah, so our hold had good numbers generally right but you know uh, what happens is that investors are massively selling these consumer stables yeah the supermarket chains because alt has also a lot of 65% uh, of revenue comes from the united states yeah so you know if those drop alt drops in in with them yeah it's like the banks in 2008 2009 if a bank goes down all banks trade down because these are also part of consumer staples etfs and everything yeah. so there's massive selling there uh, they and they probably and then there's a part that also thinks like, oh, Ahold will soon report the same numbers uh, after the next quarter. So let's watch out um, because we see their numbers in, what is it? Uh, I guess in a month from now. Yep. Uh, something later in two months from now. Yeah. And yeah, we might expect the same uh, in the numbers, right? So it's already going down. And I must say, if you don't have a position in Ahold yet, now around these prices, like something less than 25, 3.8% yield. Those are the yields you want to pay for consumer staples. Yeah. Not yeah. bad, you know, and if they start continue to buy back, and that's what I'm curious about. Will Ahold continue their buybacks with that if their if their cash flow is hit? Because um they you know they, they can't really go too much into depth for this. They were always doing this from free cash flow, they have an expectation there. So if they have to I said reduce their expectation, I expect them if they have sound uh, really sound uh, accounting. That they will stop buybacks and when they stop buybacks you reduce the floor under the stock price yeah so you know i have already quite some out i would like to buy some more but um, i really need to see the report first in two months from now after what we have seen here and what will, what they will do with the buybacks and such yeah and if they continue the buybacks and they have negative free cash flow it looks bad yeah and if they um uh, stop the buybacks it also looks bad because then i know there will be coming more more pain uh, yeah more pain so either way it's better just to wait to see what happens then uh, but if you're really new uh to and you've not you've been looking at owls for the last year and you missed the boat last year then maybe this might be a chance to start nibbling in a little bit because i think the dividend is uh, very safe here at Ahold. yeah i i would i would err on the side of waiting until closer to the earnings or or at least after because i i maybe the pressure on walmart and targeting consumer staples as a whole might might start to stabilize by then but then we're going to have our european companies releasing you know their half year reports and so on so they might come under a little bit more pressure then and they might drop closer to yeah. 22 20, 23 but yeah. they are they are certainly an attractive attractive price at the moment yeah. as well are you considering put options to to sell on those um at at, at the moment i'm not um mm -hmm. volatility in the market and, and everything is so crazy at the moment i'm i'm 
I'm not sure what my margin requirements are on, on both brokers, yeah. so I have to I have to really understand that before I before I resume. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's easier in a less volatile market, but yeah, you, you, I, I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, interactive brokers sent out an email to extend the margin requirements and stuff. So I think mm -hmm. it's always important to fully understand it before overextending yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the good thing is that there's now a relatively slow correction, right? We yeah. S&P dropped 20%, but it took them quite some time to get here. So you have time to adjust your option uh, trading st strategy. But it sounds then like you're you're going to do a little bit of less option trading right now uh, and then and protect capital more. Is that yeah, I, I think so. Like I think my strategy of selling puts is much better when you're in a market that's typically in an uptrend or, mm -hmm. or at least or at least stable i think it's quite clear now that we are in a downtrend so yeah. i think the best thing to do is just to to relax there's money to be made but i don't have to make it today i can i can yeah yeah it sounds wise but i'm really happy with this with these consumer staples because you know owning some walmart at the right price or target at the right price definitely i like them you know um i have a lot of ahold but uh, i could do with another one so I'm, yeah. I'm really exciting about what I'm seeing right now. And yeah, you know, if, 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 if let's say target goes to hundred, you know, why not? Why not? It's yeah. still like a 30% drop them from here. So, but, it, but why not? It's, yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bear. We can safely say it's a bear market. So we could, we yeah. could get there by the end of the year easy. Just oh, small, little, I, small little nibbles out of it. I, I would love that. I would really get a boner, you know, really like. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it will be like bye bye bye, yeah. But hey, and Microsoft is dropping as well, so save your cash. Uh, exciting times, and this is so nice about dividend investing, right? Dividend growth investing. I think we're the only crowds in the investing world almost that get so excited when prices are dropping because the yields go up. Yes, and and it's so. It, it really feels like cheating the system, right? I I I mean. Damn, these these are really exciting times. It's um, it's definitely what we've been asking for. So now it's do we put our yeah, money where our mouth is? Exactly, exactly. Hey, okay. So, guys, if you are also into consumer staples, you hear from us. We think that still more is to come here. That this is just the, the early days here. So, you know, that's also like like EMF. I'm waiting generally now with deploying cash in this uh, in this industry. It's already one of the biggest sectors in my portfolio but i tell you if these if these consumer staples come into fair value zone i'll be all over the place there so having said that let's go to the next section listeners questions and uh, we got a few again and yeah let's let's start with the with the first one is from simon stott and he's asking we all know that market timing is silly but are there any general basic rules you adhere to in terms of when to buy sell, such as never buying before earnings reports or never selling the day before an ex-dividend? Yeah, I think earnings is is um, probably a good one because you don't know. Typically, like with Intel, you know it's going to drop 10%, so just wait till after earnings. Um, but you, yeah, I don't, I don't really have set rules. I'm starting to, to read, obviously, a little bit more books about when to buy stocks and I'm, I'm certainly looking at more the trend than what i used to before but that's just really finding a good position to, to get in um 
never buy before an ex-dividend or never sell before an ex-dividend date. It's a much as a muchness because depending on this, the, the market conditions, the stock price is probably going to drop by the amount of the dividend anyway. So it depends. You, you might make the money back on the dividend. The, the stock price might, mm. might, might fall. So um, that depends. Yeah. So, so Simon, maybe uh, my two cents here. If I'm aware that there's an earnings date about the stock, which I'm usually usually are, I I also wait. Uh, why why be uh, in a hurry? I don't care about dividend dates. Honestly, it doesn't influence my decision at all. What what just what I purely look like look at is the valuation. Okay, do I set a target? And then usually I just put it already as a purchase order in my uh, account. And then I let the stock market do its job. And then suddenly I, I, I see that I own some shares. So that's how I do it. Um, but I don't buy all at once. So because I dollar cost average, I have some rules like I don't buy everything at the same month, like a certain amount of a, of a package of a stock. Um, because I made in the past some mistakes to keep averaging down like every third day when, a, when, when it was effectively falling knife. So I started to be more um i said dosed into this so not sure if it really answers your question um but yeah that's how i look at it cool um phil is back in the questions and has linked to his poll where he's commented on the euro and the us dollar which is close to parity i'm wondering if this has influence on your buying decisions and what did you vote in his his poll um so I, inv I I mentioned no, that it has no... Um, we got this question also last week, I think, uh, yeah. something similar. Yeah. No, it doesn't... In, in, uh, yeah, just no. I mean, I, it's like market timing, like the question we just had. But I understand the sentiment because it's a psychological barrier, right? But it, um, but it, it has all to do with the psychology of price anchoring. So we have been buying a lot, like, let's say, just a few months ago, around 120, 117. So that is anchored in our minds. So then if it goes to one, we feel like, oh, this is expensive, right? It's like 15% uh, more expensive now. Yeah. But maybe it will be 0 0.8 uh, in three months from now, right? And then you think that, oh, one was a good time to buy. So this price anchoring, and I think, this is one of the reasons why dollar cost averaging is so hard into stocks. So I, I use the same approach here. I just transfer my money and I do the slotties to the dollar. And yes, it, it, I, I, I'm not like uh, from stone. So I do feel the emotion of shit. This is, an exp this is an expensive one this month. But you know, stocks are equally like 15 or 20% down. So maybe for as an investor, it is kind of zero sum here. Mm -hmm. On the other end, the dividend reinvestment that we get into the dollars, that's really where we have the benefits. So, you know, you can't have it all. Um, what, what if you know, you know, what if you would know today that it goes to 0 0.8? What would you do then? Would you buy massive dollars? Yeah, so I understand the psychology, but uh, Phil, it's, you're really anchored into the pricing if, uh, with this. And it's just psychology. It's not rationality. And it's the okay. same as when Google does a stock split in 20, then people think like, oh, it's it's a moment to buy. Yeah, it's just psychology here. Yeah. 
Okay, um, St. Trino has asked what this bloody Friday has inspired you for the coming weeks. So I, I think we kind of touched on it with some of the consumer staples that once if they continue to drop and come into a fair value, we will certainly be looking to scoop them up. Some of them are, as we said, a little bit overvalued. Some of them are reasonably priced and some like Ahold are coming in much more to a fair value with with some safety built in so that's that's where i stand super um drip has asked us where would you want to retire costa rica or el salvador uh, i'm going to be i said not answering that one because i have never been in both countries so i'm clueless there if i would need to make a blind choice probably costa rica but I would retire in Poland. But I've been thinking that I've been thinking, should I sell my house at that time or, or something like that? And then just rent something in another country. I would love to, I mean, I would love to just live in Italy for, I don't know, in Siena for a summer, right? I would love it like on, yeah. on the old market square, little apartment, my pet 30, 40 square meters with my wife and my kids are old enough just spend that the summer I, I i would love to do such kind of things so I, I i don't see myself really tying myself to a country but if anything it would be probably south europe so then quickly also with my family in the netherlands or in poland yeah how about yourself nice um i don't shamelessly i don't know a whole lot about el salvador um so i would probably pick costa rica based on that uh, but if i really want to retire i suppose they are hot sunny countries that's all i want i want to want to sit by the beach drinking mm. pina coladas for the rest of my days that's it yeah but then you won't have a lot of days left because you won't be training your brain so you know but i'll enjoy whatever i have left <laughs> ah that's true that's true I'm, I'm here for a good time not for a long time nice and then the last question for today is from pinto and he's asking the beer market territory for the s p 20 percent down from recent high any comments on this? Yeah, I mean, we I suppose we get comments there. I think we are certainly in a bear market. I don't see it turning around anytime soon. Um, certainly, I think it'll play out towards the end of the year. But who knows? I've been yeah. I've been wrong one million times before. So what's what's another time? <laughs> um, we like, do have a couple yeah. more questions, by the way. Just yeah, Let, yeah let's there. go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Buffett really recently sold all his Verizon shares. What's your take on this company? Um, I'm staying away from communication stocks in the States like AT&T. I hated what it was doing there. I think this market is so much changing at the moment that I don't trust their business models really. And, and that's why I'm staying away from those uh, telecom stocks. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah. You you got to remember, like these 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 companies were were great, obviously when we had a low rates and a low inflationary environment. But now we're starting to get high rates again. These these companies have lots and lots of depth on their on their balance sheets, way yeah. too much that that I'm comfortable with. And obviously, as the as the cost of debt goes up, it's really going to put pressure on these guys. So we could see yeah. these struggle over the next couple of years. Yeah, true, true. Okay, then from uh, Dividend Yogi, and he's saying, hey, it's a brutal market this year. Haven't sold anything, still buying every month. 
by the way, really good. That's what we like to hear. You, 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 you love your companies. Then say, sometimes it's hard. Just ignore my portfolio for a while. Go for a walk, read a good book, play the guitar. How do you keep your emotions under control? And I really like this question. Yeah, so, so honestly, before we were talking about the topic and hoping DJ mentioned about the drop and I was like, oh, it did, did the drop was so hard. I, I did not know. I basically, it's easy. Stay away from social media, stay away from your portfolio, forget about it and it won't even come into your head. Yeah, that's the thing, right? We're really busy at work, so we don't even have time to uh, sit all day behind the monitor and look at the stock prices, right? But definitely, Yogi, I think like why the emotion is so easy for me and why I get so excited because I'm, I'm really convinced with the companies that I buy that those are high quality companies. And then I've also looked at their financials, whether it's a good stock. So I trust my analysis and let's say eight out of 10 times I'm right. Those two times that I'm totally wrong doesn't really matter because the other eight compensate massively for that, right? So then why why worry, right? Companies uh, don't change uh, every 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 day. Stocks change. So if you trust in the companies, for me, it's really easy, therefore, to keep my emotions under control. But I had to learn this. I didn't have this in the beginning. Um, also, what helps is that at a certain moment, the money number becomes just a fiction number i know it's real cash if i would see the money in my room here i could swim in it let's say <laughs> but it becomes a bit fiction because sometimes the the stock market if it drops two percent or something like that that's a month salary for me yeah and it can do it in a single day so yeah if you if you really think like that it can be like shit i lost a, a month of uh, income yeah um but i i don't think like that because we have also updates like that that you wonder like oh why am i even working if i would every day like this i could uh, i could retire but that you know it makes no sense even to think like that yeah yeah i mean i put money into 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 the stock market knowing that it can go down as well as up so yeah. I, I i tend not i tend not to check i i never really checked it on on the good times i know that we're in the bear market so I'm, i i tend to check it even less now because I don't want to depress myself if 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 it's down it's down but yeah i don't want to um i don't want to keep reminding myself so i've not checked my portfolio uh yet this week so actually i can uh, have a quick look uh, what the let's say the portfolio value number is because i usually look at the dividend uh, uh projected annual dividend income let's say number mm. So yeah, um, let me see. It's uh, loading, and I can see that. Okay, it's almost done. Um, there we go. Ah, I see that <laughs> my portfolio value is exactly the same as it was last Friday. I have no clue why, um, but it probably meant that some companies went up and some went down. Yeah. But my portfolio is still five six percent up for the whole year. So. Um, you know, that's the benefit of being big in oil. That's why we call big oil. Big oil, yes. And not small oil. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. Um, one of our French dividend friends has asked us about consumer staples are suffering as inflation is beating and consumers are less likely to buy more expensive branded food. This is going to put pressure on Unilever and Ahold. Are you going to buy more if they go lower or stay put, given their large sizes in your portfolio? 
I think we discussed it already. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying Unilever under 40. We know what it has done with AT&T under 30 when it's now under 20. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I did, I did a check the other day, right? Unilever under 39 is, is, a, is, a, is a good price. Um, but if you feel that inflation is really going to hit them hard, I will put a margin of safety because the cash flows might not be so reliable going forward. Yeah. And then probably um, in that case, probably Unilever is more worth around 34, 35. Ahold for me has always been something like low 20s. I get really uh, excited again. Yeah? yeah. So 24, 25, I could, I could do it, but I know that I will get better opportunities. That's kind of my thinking here. 2022 is, is my target for that hold. And with Unilever, I have a put option open at 42. But mm -hmm. that expires, I think, at the end of the year. So it looks like I'll have 100 extra shares of Unilever nice. in my account by the end of the year. I, I have a put option of 40, I think, for June next month. So let's oh. see. But I might just roll it over. Yeah. Okay. And the last question is... What do you think is fair value for Microsoft? I don't know. I haven't looked at it lately. I remember that the last time I did a video was around 245 as a fair value, assuming, uh, I don't know, 15% growth or something like that in free cash flow. And they were hitting those numbers over the last quarter. So yeah. in that case, I don't see a reason why it would change. It is not so debt loaded. There's a lot of cash. So I'm, I'm quite bullish on the stock. Um, yeah, but I would like to buy it a bit with a margin of safety, let's say, of 10, 20%. So let's say around 200, just for the simple fact that I own already. It's my second uh, biggest position. So knowing that there's so much on discount, uh, I'm, I'm a bit more greedy to Microsoft, but it's also a company that I still want to buy more. So I would then go towards $200, uh, but it's not meeting my yield criteria at that yeah. price. Cool. Well, it's it's trading close to two fifty now, so it's getting close to that two forty five number. Yeah. Good. Hey, this was it for today. Uh, a quick one, relatively to the other shows, but a lot of prep is going into the in, into the next show, episode number hundred. It will be live show. So, guys, this will be lots of fun. Thank you, EMF, again for making yourself available. I know how busy you are. And yeah, guys, see you in the inside and see you next week also with show number 100. Looking forward to it. See you later.